from the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is WIA National News for week commencing July the 27th, 2014. Hi, I'm Robert, VK3DN. And I'm Brian, VK3GR. G'day, Rob. G'day, Brian. Well, this is week two, week two of a few for Graham Baker Baker, who's uh, currently taking a little bit of a break. Well earned. And uh, we've got that in the uh, feedback later as well. A few people have said the same. And it's great to be here. I hope uh, listeners don't mind us coming back again. What's news with you, mate? Oh, me? Uh, today I went to the Entech. Uh, trade exhibition at the uh, Melbourne Exhibition Buildings, NTEX, a technology light and sound trade show. So I went along to that. What about yourself, Brian? What have you been up to? Oh, I've been looking at all my kit at home and uh, thinking about maybe a new transceiver, maybe a bit of a tuner and uh, spending a lot a lot of hours uh, on the internet, which is uh, surprising for, a, for an IT guy to be spending time on the internet. But yeah, all of the review sites and all of the, uh, you know, the vendors as well, trying to work out what's good. Uh, we'll call it research, Rob. Yeah, because you've already got quite a few radios, so... I've got a couple of bits. Uh, I've got sort of... I haven't got one of everything. I've got one of a couple of different categories of things, as I think most people do. It's... Uh, well, we we appreciate uh, the hobby. We appreciate the history of the hobby. And we appreciate fine things in life, let's say. And it's kind of nice to obtain some of these things just as historical artifacts. Let's call it historical artifacts. Right? Brand new historical artifacts. Well, they'll eventually be historical artifacts. And I think there's probably, what, 15,000, 20,000 hams around Australia collecting their own museum pieces now. All right, we're uh, waffling on. Let's get into this week's news, Brian. Let's begin with the Anzac 100. To commemorate Anzac 100, a series of articles is to appear in Amateur Radio magazine by the WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. Here's a summary of one of them. Gil Miles is largely remembered for his fine pioneering work in television and facsimile during the late 1920s and early 30s. However, a letter written by him in 1966 reveals a multifaceted amateur pioneer. Point Cook, near Melbourne, is home of the RAAF, although in 1913, when Gill first arrived, it was still the Army Flying School. According to Gill's letter, he joined the RAF in March 1922 as an aero engine fitter in Number 1 Squadron at Point Cook and in 1924 transferred to the radio section. This sudden transfer was due to his hobby of amateur radio. From home, he was 3-I-I before the VK prefix. Using a special low-loss two-valve receiver, Gill heard the American Macmillan expedition to Greenland. His experiences reached the Point Cook management, who saw the potential of these new shortwaves, and asked Gill to demonstrate. The letter records how contact was made between Point Cook and the Royal Air Force in England. Gill's letter then goes on to report a series of survey and army cooperation flights, and that he was selected as the mechanic and radio operator on several of them. Gill is but one of our early pioneers, whom history has only partly recognised. One would hope that this article may flush out more about Gill, and in particular, his exploits within the RAF. And thanks to Jim Linton, VK3PC, for providing that uh, news item this week. OK, it's on to a silent key. We report that Lyle Patterson, VK6ALU, previously VK2ALU, has passed away. Lyle has been ill for some time and is remembered always as being a helpful gentleman. 
He is well known for his early work on EME projects during the 1970s using an ex-CSIRO dish in Wollongong. Vale Lyle Patterson. And out of Jeff Emery. Jeff's been thinking. He does a lot of that. Hello, I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. If we have regular club meetings, we have the opportunity to share personal projects and have community involvement. I don't mean getting out in the town square, but our club community. Rippling along amongst amateurs, there is a continuous process of experimentation. We all have memories of microphone shyness, and some have carried this to an exclusive enjoyment of modes which don't involve talking. One good thing about club get-togethers is you don't have to use a mic. Another good thing is you are amongst friends, and so you can use your natural talents to explain your passion. Presentations can be as varied as the subject. For instance, a table and chairs can be all that is needed. Whiteboards, projectors and dot points are entirely optional. Enthusiasm, understanding of your subject and an enthusiastic and interested audience are all the main ingredients to make a talk, display or demonstration work. So on this point, I'm sure that many clubs have pulled together meetings that people remember. I'm sure that people keep on coming back for more, and if really going well, invite their friends. Nets and meetings, barbecues and gatherings, these are the things we can share on. Let's hear from you. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. Thanks, Jeff. And around VK, in VK2, the AR New South Wales Radio Homebrew and Experimenters Group will be holding their next bi-monthly meeting on Sunday the 27th of July after the next Trash and Treasure. The usual location is at 63 Quarry Road, Dural, the transmitter site of Amateur Radio New South Wales. Eric, VK2VE, will be giving a presentation on Eagle software used for designing printed circuit boards. The simpler version of Eagle is free software which can be downloaded easily from the internet. But anyone bringing along a USB stick or a laptop can get a copy on the day. Those bringing a laptop can follow along with some examples shown on the screen. The meeting will start with the usual show and tell segment where members of the audience can get up and show some projects that they've been working on. And as usual, all are welcome at 12 noon, Sunday the 27th of July at 63 Quarry Road, Dural. Now to VK3. Masterclass Portable was a huge success. The session by Amateur Radio Victoria on Saturday, July the 19th included many lectures and equipment displays, coupled with information on how easy it can be to go portable. Tony VK3 VTH talked about how the activity has grown rapidly due to the combination of smaller equipment and publicity. He started his portable operation at the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend in Williamstown, with him now at King Island's Curry Lighthouse for the fourth time this year. Next was Peter Fraser, VK3ZPF, who explained the rules of various awards. His advice was to adequately prepare, as some locations need permits. At first, he used his gear on hand. His advice is not to be held back with equipment. What you have will do at the start. Next were Joe, VK3YSP, and Julie, VK3FOWL who enjoy taking amateur radio portable with them because it's so much fun. Joe VK3YSP said the best solution is your solution. Take your own approach to portable operation and experience DX, not available in a suburban environment. You will meet people and you should have an explanation amateur radio brochure ready to hand out. 
Terry Murphy, VK3UP, the Amateur Radio Victoria event coordinator, told of the VK3WI involvement in the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, plus HMAS Castlemaine, VK3RAN, on Anzac Day, the International Museum Weekend, and for military vehicle displays. This afternoon included presentations to Peter Fraser, VK3ZPF, with his KRMNPA number one Grand Slam and Merit plaques, joined by Peter Freeman, VK3PF, who also has a Grand Slam plus the Local Government Award. Rob, I actually saw Peter that day. Did uh, you? P- which Peter? Peter yeah. Freeman, VK3PF. I was down at the GGREC Hamfest and he was trying to get away so that he could uh, be there for the photo and, uh, and to chat with all the, uh, the blokes who were involved with uh, soda and uh, checking out this great day. Oh, that's great. Okay. A VK3 homebrewers meeting. The next meeting of the homebrewers construction group will be on Saturday, August the 2nd at 2pm. All are welcome at the Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms, 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton, and all inquiries and comments can be sent to homebrew at amateurradio.com.au. And here's a November Hamfest coming up. Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group Hamfest 2014, Sunday the 9th of November at 10am. Doors open to buyers at 10am in the Gary Cooper Pavilion, Anzac Avenue, Yarra Glen, with ample parking. And always free tea and coffee, and it's still only five bucks entry. Good ham fest, that one, the Yarra Valley. Always uh, stop for a good lunch on the way, too. That is an excellent wine country up there, isn't it, Rob? Mm, Very good. We do like wine country, listeners. We do like these ham fests. We do. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Okay, and we also like Ono and uh, with his regular segment on What Use is an F Call? What Use is an F Call? I've been an amateur since December 2010, and since then I've been active in many different groups and communities. I've participated in several hamfests, barbecues, car boot sales, campouts, contests, read articles and used websites. One thing is clear to me. There's a small group of individuals doing all the work and a huge group of people complaining. It's like they never heard the action, many hands make light work. I debated if I should even bring this up, but I think that in the interest of the future of amateur radio, It's important to realise that the average age of our community is increasing, getting closer and closer to the point where they're unable or unwilling to do the work that others almost blindly take for granted. I know I'm in the minority of people doing the work, and before you wonder if this is a case of me asking for recognition, it's not. I've had more than my fair share, thank you. It's about the notion that things just magically happen. Let me give you some examples of services that you might use. The editor of AR Magazine is a volunteer. So is the editor for the National News. We have Weekly Helpline, been running for 25 odd years, one guy. Local nets like the Friday Night Technical Net, been running for 600 odd weeks, one guy. There's a guy who's scanning all the back issues of AR Magazine, going back to 1933. There's a small group of people providing training. A few individuals are committee members in their local club. Repeaters are maintained by a few people, sometimes just one. The QSL Bureau in your state is likely run by one person. Contests are likely run and managed by one person. Your club's grant applications are likely done by one person. Your club website is probably run by one person. The list goes on. 
I'm not suggesting that everyone could or should be making the same commitment as the examples I've given. They donate their time freely and give back more to the community than they take. What I'm pointing out is that as a community, amateur radio is getting older, and the gimme attitude appears to be getting stronger. I think this is a recipe for decline of this great hobby. Next time you use a service or participate in an event, you might take a moment, rather than complain or even take for granted a service offered by an individual, acknowledge and thank that volunteer. If you have an idea on how to further the hobby, to inject new ideas or services, don't wait for permission, go right ahead and start. Who knows, perhaps one day you'll feel that you have a responsibility to give something back to the community that you're part of. As I said, not every person has the same availability of time and resources. Put yours to good use, for yourself and your amateur community. Think of it as succession planning. I'm Ono, VK6FLAB. And another great piece by Ono. Now to international news. This weekend in the UK, the 26th and 27th of July, the village of Codeford in Wiltshire is commemorating the centenary of the start of the First World War. This event will fill the village hall and its adjacent recreation field with a rich mixture of memorabilia and other exhibits from the time, including a full-scale section of a frontline trench. I'm guessing that's a lot of digging, Rob. In the trench dugout will be an earth mode telegraph station, which will communicate with a similar station on the far side of the field. Look forward to seeing some photographs of that. Yeah, I just want to go dig a hole now to see if I can do the same thing. Okay, WGMD personality Jim Rash receives the Bill Leonard Award. Delaware radio personality Jim Rash of WGMD-FM has been chosen to receive one of the annual Bill Leonard Awards from American Radio Relay League. According to an article on the station's website, Rash's contribution consisted of a 2013 radio interview with local ham radio enthusiast Bill Dunek, KB3KYH of Milton, Delaware, where the discussion centred around the upcoming field day. Now to special event stations, DX Beacon Repeater and Net Advice marked down November as being when LW9EOC will be operational from San Andreas Island November 26th until December 9th, also to take part in the CQ Worldwide DXCW contest as well as the ARRL 160m CW contest during his stay. No call sign yet for the operation has been announced, but there is the possibility it could be 5JZ0T QSL via LW9EOC at his home call sign. And the European DX Council 2014 conference will be held from September the 19th until the 22nd in southern France. This first part of the conference will be on the 19th, the 12th, and will take place in a village 50 miles northeast of the city of Nice, with the September the 27th conclusion in the city of Nice itself. More information is available at edxcnews.wordpress.com. Thanks to the ARRL Newsline for that story. Quick run through the operational news. Dateline 2014, the 1010 International Summer Contest, August 2nd and 3rd, next weekend. WIA Remembrance Day, VRD Contest, August 16th and 17th. Alara Contest, don't forget this, in August 30 and 31. The Manly Warringah Radio Society Flagpole Contest, September 20th. I keep saying it, Rob, this is one of my favourites. Amateur Radio International Air Ambulance Week, nine days starting from September 28th. 
And DX News has Marek, SP5IXI, making another return to Zimbabwe until the 2nd of August. He is reusing the Z21DXI call sign and his QRV on the HF band on CW. QSL manager is SP5UAF. Bosnia-Herzegovina E72 Special Event Station E72 NATO is active until the end of 2014 to commemorate the cooperation of NATO and Bosnia-Herzegovina that was established in 2006. QSL via E73Y. And special event stations, members of the Worked All Britain Awards Group will be operating GB4 CGS for the Commonwealth Games Scotland from different locations between the 23rd of July and the 3rd of August to celebrate the Commonwealth Games. A certificate will be awarded for working the station on three, six or nine of the 12 days that will be active, with a certificate being endorsed as bronze, silver and gold respectively. Full details are on the Worked All Britain website. That's www.worked-all-britain.org.uk and you can also find that in the text edition of this new service. Worldwide special interest groups, internet, the hams domain, ham happenings. Facebook says OK to ham calls as alternate names. VK3DN. VK3GR. This is I, sir. You called. I called. Uh, what's uh, what's your alternate name, VK3DN? Uh, VK3KRB. You still got that one? Still got it. Oh, I've only got GR. My alternate name is uh, is Brian. Okay. So I'm going to flip <laughs> it around on Facebook. Anyway, yeah. we'll get through this and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Officially licensed amateur radio operators may now use their call sign as their alternate name or nickname on their individual Facebook profiles. This thanks to Richard Bobbitt, NW7OR, who recently organized a petition drive on the social media site in the hope of achieving this goal. It turned out that Jeff Furland, KB1PNB, who works at the Facebook headquarters in Menlo Park, California, found the petition on an amateur radio Facebook group to which he belongs. After doing a bit of research, Furland wrote the necessary code, then got it reviewed and approved. To add your call, Bobbitt says to go to Settings, then click on Edit Your Name. In the middle of the page, you will see the words Alternate Name. That's where you can add your call sign. Bobbitt says that the petition was originally the idea of Richard Alcorn, KW7PTL, without whom this may not have happened so easily and quickly. Over 1,000 hams on Facebook signed the petition within the first week or so after it was posted on the various Facebook ham radio pages. And thanks there to NW7OR. Okay, thank you, uh, VK3GR. Let's go back to real names. Flip. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll be uh, Frank. <laughs> You'll be Frank. Uh, I'll, be, I'll stay as Brian. Now to Intruder Watch. DG0JBJ Mario has observed and reported to the monitoring team at the IARU Region 1 some 309 OTH radars on 20 metres, 38 OTH radars on 15 metres and 14 OTH radars on the 10 metre and that was all just last month, OTH being over-the-horizon radars, Ryan. Thanks for that, Rob. Russian OTH radars were active again on 20 metres with 10 and 15 SPS, 40 kilohertz wide with splatters. Nobody likes splatters, Rob. And nobody likes over-the-horizon radars either. I'm wondering how good their local radars are that they need to go out looking for extra stuff on the other side of the world, but that's, that's another discussion about 
security and other things that we should leave alone. Worldwide special interest groups, we'll call this one Lowdown. It's in the bottom end of the uh, dial. New allocations in Andorra and Spain. Amateurs in Andorra have been granted access to frequencies between 5275 and 545 kilohertz. Maximum power is 100 watts PEP and single bandwidths must not exceed 3 kilohertz. Now to Spain, the allocation of six spot frequencies at 5 megahertz was due to expire at the end of the month following representations to the government by the National Spanish Amateur Radio Society, the URE, permission has been extended until the 30th of November 2015. The Spanish allocations do not coincide with the common 5 MHz channels. So, to those making contact with Spanish stations, they're reminded that they must stay within their sub-band as licensed by their country. Go have a listen anyway. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Lower and low down news. The medium wave beacon in Mildura is QRT. The VK3FI 473 kHz CW beacon at Mildura in far northwestern Victoria is now off the air for the start of some antenna improvements. The works involve a new mast and feeder cables and relocation of the homemade beacon into a rack. After a couple of months, it will resume nightly transmissions on the popular standard CW mode and hopefully have a bigger signal. Noel Ferguson, VK3FI, thanks all that have been taking the time to listen and provide reception reports that have been all over VK and into ZL. An announcement of the Beacon's resumption will be made. Thanks again to Jim for that uh, news tip. And thanks also to Noel. And this goes back to uh, earlier in the broadcast, Rob, where uh, Jeff is talking about giving back to the group and, and sharing and uh, you know being inclusive and bringing people into the hobby. And um, The number of people that have he, he has helped bring into the hobby. Noel is a, uh, a bit of a betterment to the hobby uh, icon, I suppose yeah, you can say. Yeah, he is. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital. Next Saturday, the 2nd of August, the inaugural VK3 D-Star Users Group Meeting will be held at the EMDRC Club Rooms from 10am. The meeting will have a presentation via Skype from Michael Carey, VK5ZEA. Michael will be giving a presentation on what's new in D-Star. Visit the EMDRC website, www.emdrc.com.au, for more details and the club address. And please email Peter if you plan to attend at vicdstar at gmail.com. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ILLW. ILLW from another perspective. And this piece from the SARL News NZA. At present, they say 12 South African lighthouses are registered at illw.net for the Lighthouse Weekend. They say that South Africa has 50 lighthouses along its coast. 26 of these have ILLW numbers, with two lighthouses sharing the same number. Four lighthouses have been decommissioned and four lighthouses are on islands, of which three are on the islands of the airlist as well. It's always nice to double dip when you're going for an award or a contest or something, isn't it? Yeah, get an island with a lighthouse. Anyhow, keeping with the ILLW, it's reached another milestone this year, the prestigious 400th registration in this year's International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend goes to the USA and the Lydia Inlet Lighthouse in Texas. The privately owned octagonal red brick tower, only accessible by a boat, will be activated by members of the South Texas Amateur Radio Club with call sign N5CRP. 
Lydia Inlet Lighthouse guards the Aransas Pass Channel in San Patricio County. Listen for N5 CRP on the HF bands as it helps to raise public awareness of the old marine structures and the need to preserve them for future generations. In a first this year, Oscar, LU2XPK, will not leave his native Argentina, but still only be metres away from the Faro Cabo Spiritu Santo, which is located in Chile. You can imagine the confusion this initially caused. There are, of course, other lighthouses visited by radio amateurs in other countries, but nothing like the Chilean registration that is to be put on air from neighbouring Argentina. Not quite sure how that works, Rob, but they've, they've okayed it. Organisers have also dubbed this as the Year of Virgin, or never-before-activated lighthouses. More than 20 so far are first-timers, and more new ones are expected. Each is carefully assessed against the guidelines before acceptance and given a number. This may take several days processing, including questions of the activator and a check of the records. Most first-time entrants are so enthused with the fun event that they return year after year. The International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend on August the 16th and 17th has registrations from 44 countries. Visit the website www.illw.net for the guidelines and full registration details. Wyson VK2 Wyson Training. Yes, this is Rescue Radio News. Sunday the 10th of August, Wyson Northern Region will be holding a training session on electromagnetic radiation EMR assessment of amateur radio stations. The session will be based on the ACMA PDF document, Human Exposure to EMR Assessment of Amateur Radio Stations for Compliance with ACMA Requirements, which can be downloaded from the ACMA website. Particular emphasis will be placed on the operation of field stations in public areas. All are welcome, Wyson member or not. And thanks to the Summerland Amateur Radio Club newsletter. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Summits on the Air. VK1 Soda Activation Party. Soda participants are planning a mass simultaneous activation of VK1 and nearby VK2 Soda Summits on Sunday morning, 27th of July. That's right now, listeners, if you're listening on Sunday morning on the first broadcast, of course. 2300 UTC, 26th of July, 2014, weather permitting. All amateur radio operators are welcome to join in on this activity, either as activators or chasers. It's a full-scale attack on the summits with nearly two dozen sites in their sites, including Black Mountain, Mount Corrie, Mount Tennant, Mount Stromlo and Castle Hill in VK1, Mount McDonald and Browns Hill in VK2, and Andrew, VK3ARR, getting in on the interstate action by heading to Mount Bunyong in VK3. Full details are on Andrew, VK1NAM's blog at vk1nam.wordpress.com. Again, you can find that in the text edition. Worldwide special interest groups up, up and away. VK Balloon Flight to Brazil and Beyond. A small Australian high-altitude balloon, VK3YT-8, launched on Sunday, July the 13th, has reached the South American country of Brazil and is now believed to be headed further east. The Pico Balloon Flight, led by the team by Andy Noyan, VK3YT, left central Victoria and, assisted by a jet stream, travelled across the South Pacific Ocean. The balloon did not land, but was last known by the automatic position reporting system to be at an altitude of 8,727 metres, some 80 kilometres north from Brasilia. Prediction is that it left the Brazilian coastline early on July the 22nd and continued going east. 
Andy VK3YT said that the flight needed to head north in Australia first so it could pick up a predicted jet stream before travelling to South America. He used a small solar panel to keep it active and carefully watched the forecast for the usual jet stream wind. Everything went to plan and a distance of more than 8,000 kilometres was achieved. On the 13th of July, with 10 milliwatts of APRS transmitter on 145.175 MHz, it identified as a VK3YT-8 and used Thor 8 and Olivia 8 slash 250 with RSID on 434.500 MHz. The balloon payload is a custom-made board with a miniature camera. In March, the team had another balloon land in New Zealand for 24 hours. Andy VK3YT reports that that was most likely due to moisture condensation, relaunch and left the country before radio amateurs could get to it. Um, I can't wait to tell the boys about this one at work tomorrow. Well, we're nearly at the end, listeners, and uh, we did ask for feedback. Firstly, Robert, VK3ARM, many thanks for getting back to us. G'day, Robin Bryan. I'm an avid listener to the weekly broadcast on air through Mount Ben Nevis repeater and online otherwise. Thoroughly enjoyed your last broadcast. That's without taking anything away from Graham. Keep up the sterling work. Cheers. We've also had feedback from Felix, VK for FUQ and Ingham. He reports that stations responding to the broadcast of the WA News were around five and nine or better. And he also thanks Laurel and Hardy. Oops, I think he means Robin Bryan. And of course, he is just kidding. He is. And listeners, you'll hear Felix back next week when I remember to send him something to read. Oh, well, everybody, we've come to the end of another week. Please send us your feedback. Look forward to seeing your feedback in the feedback, feedback box. Yes, go to the WIA website, go to the broadcast page, and there's a little link on the top there, uh, send us your feedback. So click on that and uh, send us some. All right, Brian, until next week. We reported. And you decide. We've reported, you decide.